See, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I always thought they just booed Santa. I thought. <laughs> You're welcome. Ask Mr. Hannafin when he comes back because it wouldn't be spoiled or anything because it happened. Oh, look at that. Oh. Speaking of the devil himself. What timing? Hi, guys. Am I early? No, we're a live show. You're you're right on time, sir. Fantastic. I'm going to pop my glasses off. How's oh, everybody doing? Phenomenal. You look great. You sound great. Well, it's it's the putting over podcast. I wanted to make sure I looked appropriate. And it's, it's 930 at night, so I've never looked this good at this hour unless it's on some type of broadcast of some kind so I, i'm just an, it's unfortunate i don't have a makeup artist or anything <laughs> handy that would be great um what would you be doing if you were not here tonight oh god i'd be asleep by now yeah, i think me too. <laughs> I'd, I'd be definitely obviously i'd watch impact until it ends and then i would go right to sleep well it's funny because we were just talking that impacts on right now with while we're talking to you very yes you'll forgive me for not retweeting about the putting over podcast yeah. i don't want to take no. away from anybody that is watching or anything so after the fact i will certainly be yeah. tweeting about this appearance so i'm very excited to be here but yeah impacts impacts got some good stuff going on right now man i'm really excited to be a part of everything we got overdrive coming up i think it's two weeks from yeah. tomorrow so i mean we're rocking and rolling dude um so we're gonna ask you a question it just happened on impact so you're not spoiling anything um, cool. Two guys came out. They took off their yellow sweatshirts uh, from Violence by Design. One was uh, we didn't. I didn't have you turned up, so I didn't, didn't hear what you called them. But it was the former member of Ascension. I think Victor was his name. Uh, I don't know what he goes by in Impact yet. But who was the other guy? So the, the other guy is Alan Angels, ah, who a we, lot of people right will now, probably so. remember from his time spent in AEW in the Dark Order. Um, he's popped up on Impact. A couple of times. In mm -hmm. fact, he was just on the show last week competing in the X Division Championship Tournament. Uh, we saw him back in July. He challenged Mike Bailey for the X Division Championship. So, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty astonishing. Um, Angels uh, with Violent by Design, potentially. And then uh, the aforementioned formerly Connor of the Ascension Con, uh, goes by Big Con. Uh, he's also appeared on Impact Television. I think it was back in February or something like that. It was... Uh, very uh, brief interaction with Josh Alexander, and he had a match against Eddie Edwards on BTI. Um, so Angels and Khan popping up, pretty surprising. Uh, and for those listening at home or maybe watching out, you can catch Impact. Uh, I, ha I subscribe to it on YouTube. I think it's like 99 cents. I can watch them live. Uh, but it's also on Access TV. And I think, uh, Vanessa, for you up in Canada, it's I want to say it's called the Fight Network, I think. Yeah, that's it. That is correct. Yeah. yeah that's correct. Um yeah, there's uh, Impact Plus um yeah, obviously Plus. for anything kind of on demand that you want to check out, Impact Plus is a really breathtaking value when you think about it. Um there's just 20 years of history for Impact Wrestling and then our YouTube account as you mentioned, it's I believe a dollar a month for yeah. the Insiders package and then the Ultimate Insiders package I think is 5.99 yeah. or 4.99 a month, excuse me. And that gets you all our live specials that we do every month um outside of paper views and then of course you're able to watch uh the show on access tv starting at i believe 8 30 p.m eastern without commercial interruption so it will have already started on access tv at eight o'clock but that way you can just blow yeah. through it so it's really cool yeah spectacular and i think it's one of the most uh best kept secrets right now uh i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it's 
it's re- my it actually hooked my 10 year old daughter into wrestling and i was gonna lead with that oh great i wanted to thank you impact everyone there um we went to the rebellion show in poughkeepsie uh that was nice. her first time. that was an awesome yeah, show it was insane uh she fell in love with impact that night she fell in love with josh alexander tasha Steeles. Um, and then we went to Bound for Glory in Albany. It's like right up here in my neck of the woods. And that was, we went to Bound for Glory and the taping and it was the best thing I've been to in a long time. Wrestling. Well, I appreciate you saying that on behalf of impact. We appreciate you guys coming out and being fans of the show. Um, yeah, I I've heard people say that about impact and granted I've been with the company for a little less than a year now. And, um, I've talked to Lance Storm about it as well, and it's just kind of uh, this. This is a show that's a really, really good wrestling show, and you understand um, the landscape right now for professional wrestling. WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling is really getting back to its close to full strength, considering what happened with the pandemic and the way uh, Japan is dealing with uh, COVID nineteen still at this point in time. But it's really astonishing the way things have changed. But the, the thing I'm blown away by is the staying power of Impact Wrestling. They're built to last. Years. Yeah. So, as I mentioned, they've been around for 20 years, and I think um, a lot of wrestling fans kind of uh, ebb and flow with their love of it, and obviously it's had a heyday. It's had some points that weren't exactly amazing, but they also are proud to own their scars. They're proud to own their successes and their failures. And for Impact Wrestling to be you know, still plugging along and doing some great stuff, and I, I know we have more great stuff to come in 2023, uh, it's a really exciting time, man. Yeah, uh, you might say Impact is hard to kill. Ah, there you go. Well, I did. I made my debut for Impact yes. at Hard to Kill earlier this year, so that uh, pay per view is a special place in my heart, and it's going to be on Friday the thirteenth. So, like, nothing can go wrong when we get <laughs> right. to Atlanta in January. It's um, yeah, that's right. So you, they threw you right, uh, trial by fire, right in uh, Hard to Kill. Um, is so you you you, you obviously got a big backstory with the wwe youngest youngest play-by-play man on smackdown i think you were 23 uh you did you wore every hat there that i could possibly think of you were renee paquette uh renee young at the time her boss um sort of yeah sort of (laughs) sort of sort of uh alicia fox stalked you um oh yeah we had had a fun on-screen uh storyline there for a while and like this was back in the day of like the WWE app, like uh, the infancy of the app. Yeah. So the, the the idea was just that in the commercial breaks for Raw, there were certain instances like if there was a two segment match going on, they would air the match on the app. And then obviously the commentary team would voice that. But in the event that it was just a standard commercial break, they had to put something in there. And what we would often do is you'd collect talent that maybe like they weren't getting a ton of exposure on TV or talent that just didn't have a decided story and trying to make something out of nothing quite often. And uh, I remember doing a plenty of segments uh, with like Titus O'Neil, who would just do the most entertaining stuff you could imagine. A lot of three MB bits, a lot of social outcast bits. Uh, Alicia Fox was on there a bunch and she and I just kind of, I don't know how it happened, uh, but we had great producers who were just like, Hey, what if we did this? And we just kind of dragged it out for this really long period of time. And then when we knew the app was going away, we were like, oh, I, I think the last night it was maybe in, um, I think we were at the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. And I remember uh, I was like, hey, you know, go big or go home. We, we got to you know, put a bow on this storyline. 
and uh, she she planted one on me, and it's like, well, this is the way to end it. It was it was pretty fitting. Um, maybe not for that angle with Alicia Fox, but involved in storylines and quote unquote angles. Um, being a announcer presenter, uh, that type of area. Do you have to? Do you have to? Tr- hmm. Do you practice taking a bump? Like, is uh, there ever? I. I, I, I I've been trained on that, and to use the word trained, that that's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, I was obviously uh, working out of the WWE Performance Center at one point, so we did have to go through some very basic uh, bump training in order to learn how to take a back bump, take a front bump, uh, just in the event that, like, say you're doing an interview in the ring and there's, like, a blindside attack and there's some contact that happens, you know, accidentally or something like that. You need to be able to feign, you know, what's going on. You need to be able to play into it. Or maybe it's something where uh, a wrestler actually attacks a commentator to get some heat, something like that. Um, so I, I did some very basic stuff and that stuff freaking hurts, man. Uh, so the the biggest benefit I got from it, because I can't say I, I turn it around and then have to actually take a bump on TV. Um, but the one of the most important things I learned was being able to escape the ring in dress shoes or for women in flats. Oh, um, I don't think a lot. I don't think a lot of people process that is that naturally anybody who's worn those types of shoes, they're not built for grip. They're, right. they're rather slippery. They're for presentation. So if you're trying to escape a wrestling ring in those shoes. Not easy. You might want to practice it a couple of times, know where to place your hands on the ropes, on the apron, et cetera, on your way out, the amount of steps it's going to take you. So uh, learning that certainly helped me because I I don't know if I used it on TV, maybe once or twice. It was really beneficial, um, and but definitely in a handful of live events that it popped up. So you just, you never know what you're going to do, man. Yeah, practice scurrying out of the ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're really good at pretending to be cowards, and uh, I'm a coward, so that's perfect. Yeah, train how to be a coward. Yes. <laughs> um, let's let's scroll back a little bit. Um, what what hooked you? Well, I know the answer to this. What was it about the TLC match? And what was it? Two thousand. What was it with what the Dudleys, Hardys, and Edge and Christian? What about that match uh, sucked you into this world of wrestling? It was just a spectacle, and it was pure carnage. Now, I was born in 1989, right? So I'm like 11 years old at that time. So I really didn't know a ton about wrestling. I've been on the record about it before that my parents were like, not the biggest fan of me watching wrestling. And you can understand it was like that era of wrestling is pretty intense. Uh, So when I discovered uh, WrestleMania and the, 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 the triangle ladder match, which turned into TLC, I was blown away because you're just seeing absolute carnage from everybody involved in the match. And then as I've gotten older, and obviously as I started working in professional wrestling, I've gone back and watched it, and you just appreciate how they take what looks like a car crash and they make it into this beautiful ride of entertainment. And there's peaks and valleys to it and little bits of storytelling here and there. And listen, there's plenty of those matches where it's like, just go have a car crash. It'll be entertaining. The fans will eat it up. But um, every person involved in that match was unbelievably giving and really, really took a lot, a big, a big toll on their bodies. So at the time as a kid, I don't know if I really comprehended that. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, my 
God, like just <laughs> oh, as the years go by. Um, and, and I'm fortunate I've gotten to work with everybody in that match, and that's definitely a pinch me moment sort of thing. And um, now, as of late, you know, Bully Ray's popped up on Impact Wrestling, so yeah. it just keeps coming back around, man. Yeah, he just he just came out to the ring here, and uh, what was it? He came out to the ring, distracted uh, Moose, I think. Moose Moose got the loss. I believe that's what just happened. Yeah, Moose and Bully Ray have been having some Words. issues as of late. Uh, Bully Ray's got the Call Your Shot mm-hmm. Gauntlet trophy, which means he can challenge for any Impact title anytime, anywhere. So he's made it clear he wants the Impact World Championship. Uh, Moose doesn't really care for this. He wants to get back to the Impact World Championship. So the two have been throwing accusations at each other as of late. So uh, it's getting tense. It's fun to watch. So. Yeah, uh, what was it? Bully wants to be honorable now, and Moose is just a scumbag. Those are her wor- yeah. his words, not mine. Those, Those are, are Moose's words. Yeah. Very important to point that out. I will never call Moose a scumbag. Oh, look, there you are. There's your handsome. Look at, <laughs> look at that. That's uh, turn it down a little bit so we don't get in trouble over here. We're we're doing great. We're doing. <laughs> You're looking phenomenal, Matt Raywalt. We've had him on here. A phenomenal voice, talent, knowledge. Uh, what's it like working sitting along, alongside him? It's a breeze. He's the best. Um, We obviously worked a little bit together in WWE on uh, 205 Live, if you remember that old chestnut, and also NXT UK. Um, He's so good at what he does. I do not think uh, pro pro wrestling fans really comprehend how good he is. Uh, And it's really cool because like, he's doing his thing right now on New Japan Strong. And to see him shift gears, because I think New Japan and Impact are inherently different products. So for for him to go on New Japan and call sport and to still you know have the drama king persona all those good things uh but then to turn it over to impact where you know dialing up the entertainment more than new japan pro wrestling will in in that respect not the in-ring uh aspect obviously but it's really spectacular and it's effortless working with him he's got so much experience uh, he's worked with a who's who. He's been on the grandest stage of them all. He understands these moments. He understands these characters. So I love working with him. Um, I know something I wanted to say when we were talking about Impact earlier. Uh, one of the f- best things I love about Impact is uh, I, I work in the school system. I'm very nerdy. Uh, so I was talking about Venn diagrams today. And when I think of wrestling, you have like your WWE, your AEW, MLW, New Japan, you have all your companies. And then in the middle that can touch each one of those companies sits Impact Wrestling. And that's how I view Impact. I mean, do you notice that? Do you feel the freedom at Impact as far as announcing goes? Like you can, I mean, you've said it on other shows. You can say Bullet Club. You can talk New Japan. I mean, Mickey was in the Rumble. people have been on AEW and back and forth. Uh, What's that freedom like? What's it feel like? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, right now, like Frankie Kazarian is technically with AEW, but he's hanging out in Impact and he's going to be challenging for the Impact World title. So uh, it's it's fun. It's challenging that you do have to know all this stuff and you have to keep an eye on all these different promotions and storylines. And it's just kind of staying on top of things. And that's where Matt Raywalt is such a great partner is that he and I can bounce things off of each other that – you know, one might know, one might not know, and you just kind of fill in the gaps. Uh, and, and hell, I mean, we had Ali Catch on the show not mm-hmm. long ago uh, in a Monsters Ball match against Masha Slamovich. Ali's had some great opportunities in GCW. So, I mean, like, we're Everybody. we're all over the map. Um, I think we had Davey Richards at, um, I think it was against, I don't know, was it Slammiversary? Yeah, Slammiversary yep. uh, popped up, and he's done stuff in MLW. So, I mean, 
we're we have an open door policy and the thing talking to scott Demore and everybody there is that they've had an open door policy for basically their entire the, the lifetime of the company yeah so it's really really cool to see and you know i'm fortunate i've gotten to work with a lot of different people that some of them i know you know seeing juice robinson for a cup of coffee a few weeks ago on impact i was like oh great this is awesome i haven't seen juice since you know the nxt days yeah. or something like that and then other guys you know uh, getting to call jay white stuff earlier this year that was a really cool bucket list thing for me he's one of the best wrestlers in the world so uh, i'm just enjoying every part of it uh we've got a question in the chat here uh they ask how much how much research goes into uh the commentary calling a match and stuff yeah, it um it varies. I think the the average TV show is where we're building our stories, so mm-hmm. we try not to get too bogged down with you know statistics and history. But it's good to bring that stuff forward every once in a while. Individual characters, obviously, their history. But when we're doing the live shows, that's uh, that's where we really dive in. And for me personally, um, I find it really really important to remind viewers the depth of history. Uh, for Impact Wrestling, for TNA, because yeah. there's just so much, as I've mentioned a couple times now, there's 20 years yeah. of history. They have events that are nearly 20 years in existence. So it's to bring up these championships, which, listen, the, the X Division Championship is one of the most revered titles in all of pro wrestling. So there's, it's a who's who of who's carried it. It's revolutionized the business. So I I owe it to the viewer uh, to bring forward its history and the information regarding it. And I'm a junkie for statistics. Um, I obviously got my training as a conventional sports broadcaster. I dabble in normal sports broadcasting. So I love bringing up stats, you know, days as champion, numbers of uh, title reigns, et cetera, the, the, the history of a specific event, who was the first to do this, some legendary matches in the history of an event or a title or a certain person, whatever. Uh, so I love going into all that. And it just it just kind of depends. I, I think there's been times where I've not needed any notes because I had it you know, committed to memory. And other times where the story of what's happening now is far more important than history. So it, the, the broad answer is it depends. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love getting into the, the weeds with the notes. Um, as I mentioned, you know, you had a long history in the WWE and everywhere. Um. But I think it was you. You went to Penn State. We're, we'll get to the Pay Dirt podcast uh, and their big their big match with I think it's Indiana this week. Yes, on Saturday. Yeah, coming off a big loss though, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. Lost no. to Ohio State. Um, you know they were competitive for you know the bulk of the game, but ultimately lost uh, forty four to thirty one. So see if Penn State can rebound uh, at Indiana on Saturday. Oh, I thought it was Michigan they lost to. We did lose to Michigan as oh, well. That was, I thought that uh, was last week. That was not this past week. I think it was like three weeks ago. That was demoralizing. Yeah. I think that was 41-17. Yeah. That, was, that was rough. Oof. <laughs> sorry to bring that up. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I didn't have to play, so that's good. That's a good point. Um, I just have to talk about it. You, uh, you're, 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 you get out of school, you get out of Penn State. Um, you're bouncing around, stumbling. Uh, I think it's the summer of 2012. Um, what... What drove you to answer that ad that the WWE puts out? And what was it like when you finally get that call back? Because there's a big gap in the middle there. A long time to wait. Yeah, it was um, June of 2012 that I did the audition. And then uh, September of 2012, they ultimately offered me a job. So 
yeah, what drove me to do it? I think kind of like any kid, I was I saw WWE and I was like, wow, that's a huge opportunity. So I'd be a fool not to apply. And I knew that you know, as a kid, I'd had some interest in wrestling, but by no means was a diehard fan. So I was like, oh, okay, like let's let's see what this is all about. And I'd investigated a little bit and knew that it wasn't necessarily a requirement that you knew every last thing about wrestling that you could learn on the job. So um, I was very fortunate. I went in there and I ironically, I did my audition with the man who's now my executive producer and Josh Matthews. So it's just amazing how everything comes back around. Full circle. And uh, yeah, the, those months uh, from you know June to September, it, it was a long waiting game because I wanted the job and I was persistent. And I'm sure they were annoyed by me and I was checking in every couple of weeks like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And they uh, eventually gave me a shot. So I think around the same time, maybe a month or two before me, Renee Paquette was hired. Yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, Tony Dawson, uh, for those that remember him, uh, Tony Luffman is his real name. So we all kind of got hired in the same class, quote unquote. And I was a 23-year-old kid who, you know, didn't really know much about anything. And I was very fortunate to have uh, Renee and a lot of different people, a lot of different people, um, hold me by the hand and show me how to do things, not only the WWE way, but just as a professional broadcaster. Um, audition, do you send in a tape, like, like a tough enough audition, or do you come in and do something like in person with them? It was both. If I remember at the time, they said, like, don't send play by play. They were like, it's, you know, it's a hosting, it's an announcer role. And they knew, like, you know, we are looking for play by play guys or whatever. But they were like, don't send us play by play of you calling like football or baseball right. or basketball because it obviously doesn't compare. So I believe I shot a two minute video where I just kind of pitched myself and just kind of did a stand up on cam uh, somewhere on campus at Penn State and just pitch myself and, and hope that it got across to somebody. And fortunately it did. Uh, and then when I did the audition itself, I had the chance to call, I think it was like two or three different matches with Josh Matthews. And um, they kind of gave me, you know, a heads up of what the matches were going to be. So like the day before I'm like yeah. diving into notes on everybody and trying to get up to speed as best I can. And uh, the, the one thing that you hear, you know, people talk about all the time. I know uh, Renee's talked about it. Michael Cole's talked about it. Jonathan Coachman's talked about it. Is the uh, proverbial, you know, they hand you a broomstick and they're like, oh, oh sell yeah. me this broomstick. Um, I was handed a piece of like a computer, you know, a computer equipment. I have no idea what the hell it was. And they're like, oh, sell this to me. So I, I can't say that was the strongest part of my audition. I definitely felt better about the play by play, but uh, I can say that I experienced that and ultimately got the job. So not too bad. Yeah, right. Take a chance. Yeah, oh, that definitely a hundred percent took a chance. Uh, my my roommate at the time was like, "Do it, you know, you'll get a good story out of it at least." And and what's the downside? So yeah. I'm glad I did. Yeah, I'm glad you did too. I mean, I I'm not gonna dwell on the release because everything comes, everything happens for a reason, and and you are where you are now. You do the Penn State podcast, you're on Impact, all this. When I heard <laughs> Mr. Tom Phillips was let go, I was like. Well, who the frig's gonna fill in for Cole when Cole retires? Like, what's gonna happen? Like, I saw what I saw was they were grooming you to replace Cole. I guess I don't have a question for that. I just say I was very <laughs> sad when it happened. I appreciate I'm, that. Um, I'm sure uh, you probably felt somewhere around the same, if not worse. But yeah, whatever. And it happens for a reason. Uh, and now you're at Impact doing great stuff. Yeah. I, uh, listen, uh, you know, I had nine years nine in a billion-dollar company. I got to be on 
live global television for the bulk of that time. I had all my successes and failures in front of a live global audience. I learned so much and I am eternally grateful. Uh, and at the same time, I'm so grateful to Impact Wrestling because like WWE back in 2012, they gave me an opportunity. They didn't necessarily say, you know, oh, you're, you're the guy and you know, whatever. It's I got to come in and I got to prove it. it. It doesn't matter what you did before. It's the old adage of it doesn't, you know, you're as, only as good as your last show, that sort of thing. I take it very, very seriously to be the lead guy for Impact Wrestling because that's what I was pursuing for my entire career at WWE. And it, it didn't work out. But I'm really, really happy to be doing what I'm doing now at Impact because I think we're on to something special. And I'm really thrilled to be involved in the building process. Yeah. Were there, were you, were you, uh, were there other companies searching your, uh, skill talent? Uh, what do you mean? Wrestling companies like, like or ML, just like companies an MLW, an NWA, an AEW, were there other wrestling promotions that reached out to you as well? Um, I'm not going to really dive into that right. uh, specifically. So there's some, some yeah. red tape, but uh, yeah, yeah, at the yeah. same time, uh, I'm just really happy that what happened with impact worked out the way it did. I have a lot of friends there that um, helped connect me and make it possible. And now I'm just really fortunate to be looking to the future. And hopefully I'm with them for a long, long time. So uh, yeah. that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm really comfortable. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Um, I did want to get to your Pater podcast as well. Uh, Penn state yes. guy, college football junkie is the way you put it. Mm -hmm. Um how did how did that come about? Who do you, what's the what's your co-host name? I didn't write that one down. His, na his name is Matt McGloin. Matt. So for for those that are wrestling fans, you probably remember the uh, rebirth of the XFL in oh, 2020. So yeah. uh, Matt McGloin was uh, a Penn State quarterback. He played in the National Football League, and then he played in the XFL. And at the time, uh, once the XFL had gotten started, obviously I was with WWE. Yeah. WWE owned the XFL, yeah. uh, and I believe I'd seen the number of quarterbacks that were announced for all the different teams and. Uh, McGloin's name came up and I knew his history obviously at Penn State what he'd done in the NFL and I think I was tweeting some of the effect that he could be one of the best players in the league if not you know work out to be MVP um, and he tweeted back and we had a good exchange and obviously the season was ended very quickly due to COVID yeah, so that, that's unfortunate yeah. so um, yeah he had reached out to me in July of 2021 and he'd been approached by this company I uh, believe B-L-E-A-V uh, -E podcast network about doing a show about Penn State football. And I jumped at it. I was ecstatic because I have always wanted to do something like that. Uh, with my schedule with WWE, it wasn't terribly practical mm -hmm. to, to do something like that. So now it's just this wide open canvas of what do I want to do? Um, so getting that, you know, getting that invitation from him was really, really cool. And that the fact that we built it into something that people are interested in, in you know, a little over a year's time, um, we've doubled our audience from a one-year period in two months. So, like, we're doing some phenomenal numbers right now, and I never could have imagined it. And it's really cool because, um, you know, the Penn State community is really important to me. It's important to my family. My mom went there. My brother went there. So to be able to share that with other Penn Staters who I care about so much, uh, it's a it's a joy that I didn't know I was going to have in my lifetime. So I'm really, really excited about it. And we're just plugging along this season. And you can hear that uh, everywhere you can find your podcast, I would imagine, right? Yes. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on TuneIn, Google Podcasts, literally everywhere. everywhere. The amazing thing is like we've been heard in 67 different countries and territories. Wow. 
I don't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Tommy Dreamer always says in Busted Open, he's got the what does he say? I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's real or not. He says he's got the number one podcast in somewhere. He names this really way out there country <laughs> nation. I don't even remember what it is, uh, but I believe him when he says it. So it could be true, but. Eh, you take him at his word. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's the uh, testament to Penn State alumni, Penn State fans, yeah. Penn State football fans are all over the world. So I'm really grateful that people, you know, bother to tune in from, you know, Japan yeah, and sure. China and Australia. Like it's, it's just unreal. Are you a Philly guy? I am a Philly guy. Yeah, I was born in Philadelphia in uh, 1989. So I've grown up in the Philadelphia suburbs for. The bulk of my life, um, I lived in Connecticut from 2000, uh, I was trying to think, 2001 to 2012, roughly. So, yeah, uh, but for the most part, born and raised Philly. So you're, you're Penn State for college football. You like the Eagles NFL? All, all four Philadelphia sports, oh, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies. So it's a really good time to be a Philly sports fan. So you, yeah. you're like, this is a this very is a good night. night for, yeah. For Philly sports fans, and uh, it's how much I care about the putting over podcast yeah. that I'm on here with <laughs> Thursday Night Football in the World Series going on. Well, it's 14 to 14 <laughs> with 12:40 to go in the third. Uh, Houston has that's the surprising. It's surprising, it is. isn't it? They uh, the Eagles actually, I believe, they've had two turnovers, which is rare for them this year. That's uh, not like them. No, Hurts mm. uh, fumbled, uh, which is also rare. That. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he never does that. And then the World Series is going on. So I don't think I could have ever predicted when. Yeah, I don't know what the World you know, Series. We were talking was. about putting this together. That <laughs> yeah, like right. I probably could have foreseen Thursday night football, but the World Series, I never would have guessed Philly made it this far. So it's it's all a bonus. It's all pretty cool. Um, I'll tell you what the score is. It's two to one Appreciate Houston. It. Two to one Houston. Bottom of the fifth. Okay. So, all right. Eh. We got time. We got time. A lot of time. I, I was hoping they would come back. It was at la- yeah, it was last night. They they had the combined no hitter, first of all. I know. But they took that yeah, guy that was... out and I'm like, Well here come- Philly's coming back now because they should have kept that guy in and it happened. That that Javier kid is really, really good. Like John Smoltz was talking about yeah. his placement and his thought process and I was just Pretty blown away. I was really enjoying the broadcast altogether. Uh, and uh, shout out to Joe Davis of Fox getting the job after Joe Buck went to ESPN. I mean, the the opportunity of a lifetime to be the voice of baseball, yeah. and he's picked right up where Joe Buck left off. Like those are not easy no, shoes to fill. No, not. And he's got enthusiasm and energy. His knowledge is outstanding. Really young guy too. So good for him. You give me a you give me Joe Buck vibes. I bet you Joe Buck would be good at wrestling too. Play by play I think it'd be great. I, I know, uh, you know, I know him and Corey Graves are good buddies. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that'd be really cool for him to pop up on SmackDown at some point <laughs> yeah, just to right. hear yeah, what right. he has to say. Because what I love about Buck is that off air, he's a very sarcastic yes. dude, and he understands how polarizing he is to fans. And like, I appreciate him from a broadcaster standpoint how freaking good he is he just doesn't make mistakes yeah. it's unreal uh, and then to to see what his personality is like on podcasts or um what was that show that he popped up on a couple of times um brock meyer okay uh, the baseball yep, yep, it, it, yep if you've never seen it before look up brock meyer yeah i think it's on hulu it's so it's so good yeah. um and joe buck's on there and he just kind of plays up what the character that i think the that most fans think he is 
and he's just so good. So I, I have a deep appreciation for him. I know that might not be, you know, a popular opinion right. amongst Philly sports fans. Yeah. You know, Philly sports fans get bent out of shape about anything. So, but I, I'm a big fan. I I listen to this sports talk radio show on uh, Mad Dog Radio on Sirius, and uh, this Philly fan always calls in. And Philly's undefeated. They're they're having a great year. Mm-hmm. This fan not happy. He's not happy. He don't care that they're undefeated. He says they've. They haven't played anybody, which, okay, whatever, but they can't make the schedule. Uh, but you're right. Philly fans are never happy. Never. No, I, I remember, you know, the the Super Bowl that the Eagles won came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. the team was good that year. But uh, once Carson Wentz got hurt in that game against like, the Rams in Los Angeles, everybody thought for sure, that's it. Any hopes that we had were, were going down the tubes. And then Nick Foles steps in yeah. and, like, slowly but surely we're like, we might be able to do this like we we could like maybe we'll get there or maybe we'll get to the divisional round maybe we'll get to the conference title like i couldn't believe it as it all went and then when they actually beat you know brady and the patriots it was the greatest thing ever yes so naturally everybody in philadelphia that i talked to was like i'd sell my soul to the devil for a (laughs) super bowl title for a world title and just about any sport it had been a you know a little bit of a drought obviously and I'm telling you, the next season, I forget what the exact record was of the Eagles out of the gate. It wasn't, they you know, it wasn't perfect. They like forgot it is all right about now. it, like didn't it, they? It, it was maybe 500, <laughs> right? And it, they were like, "What is going on? Howie Roseman's terrible." Blah blah blah. Like it's, yeah. it, it's either the best sunny day ever or it's nasty and rainy. There is no in between with Philly sports fans. That, I love it because it's predictable, but it's also really entertaining. Oh man! I mean, they booed Santa Claus. I mean, what is he okay, so let me let me address this <laughs> okay, because this constantly comes up as some sort of accusation at Philly sports fans. If anybody would actually bother to look up the story, the guy playing Santa Claus was drunk, oh. and then the the Eagles were losing the game, and the guy was being a jerk. So they threw snowballs at Santa Claus because he was being a jerk. Yeah. So the guy dressed up as Santa Claus, that guy deserved it. Uh, the fact that he was dressed as Santa Claus, it, it didn't matter. There's no safe haven in that respect. They didn't care. <laughs> no, he deserved it. So I, I love to hear broadcasters bring that up as like, oh, Philly sports fans are bad. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's like the that's the, like clickbait on Twitter that we have yeah. now. It's like, oh, you see this headline, yeah. who threw snowballs at Santa Claus? Like, yeah, like he deserved it. See, so. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I always thought they just booed Santa. I thought <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> there you you're go. Welcome. Um, all right. I'm gonna read you something right here. Uh, American style IPA with layers of dank Chinook, Columbia's, and scent. How much creative control did you have in making this Pater IPA? Uh, none i didn't even know the word dank was in there no it yeah. was um it was interesting because funk brewing yeah, which is this great brewing, yeah yes yeah, this great craft beer distributor in uh eastern pennsylvania they have tap rooms in elizabethtown emmaus and york pennsylvania if anybody's in the pennsylvania area um we've been working with them for the better part of a year they sponsor my my podcast pater to penn state football show so during the summer they came to us and they're like hey would you like to have a beer that's you know for the podcast like we can put you know we put the show name on it or something like that so naturally my partner and i were like yes like we're huge beer fans this is literally a dream come true of mine 
Um, but they asked us, like, all they asked was, like, what kind of beer would you like? And I think it was a really simple response. Like, McGloin and I put our heads together, and we were like, we both like IPAs. But if you're tailgating, right. IPAs aren't the best because <laughs> no. the flavor can be a little intense or they can be too heavy or something like that. So they were like, cool, we'll, we'll handle the rest. They did all the design on the outside. They put the QR code for the show's website on the side so you can see our logo. My silly cartoon face is right there. And then you can pull up your phone and it'll take you right to the website so you can listen to the podcast as you're drinking the beer which I think is the coolest thing ever. The first time I had it, I was actually tweeting about this earlier today. The first time I had the beer was on our only live podcast that we did earlier this season. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to come out, but like I've had other beers from Funk Brewing. So I had high expectations and they were met and then exceeded. I love the beer and I have given it to a bunch of friends and it's gotten good reviews. Hopefully they're not blowing smoke, but it's pretty cool, man. Like it's literally something I've wanted to do for a long time because i love trying different beers going to different breweries experiencing what the local flavor is all that sort of stuff and just uh trying something different when it comes to beer drinking and uh to to have our show be on a beer yeah i was like if if i see somebody at like a penn state tailgate with our beer i'm like i'm in heaven that's the coolest thing ever yeah i'm uh i'm trying to get my beverage center to order some so i can get some for the the bar here they um, should ship to New York, so yeah, definitely yeah. Uh, message them, email them, whatever you have to do. Yeah, I, and I'm sure my place will will do it. I mean, I spent enough, enough goddamn money there. <laughs> well, I mean, they do. They didn't even have Stone Cold's beer until I told them to get it. Yeah, Stone Cold's yeah. beer was hard to get on the yeah. East Coast because yeah. El Segundo's based, I think, in California. Yep. So uh, it, it took a minute for that to get nationwide. But obviously, Stone Cold's got a little bit bigger of a name oh. and platform than I do. So I was expecting that would just be a matter of time. But uh, yeah, uh, dude, it's pretty cool uh, just to be able to. It's like kind of like I said before, is this like bucket list things that I'm getting to check off. It's really neat. Um, I was going to ask you this uh, dream team question about who do you want to announce with and who'd be in the ring for that match, but I'm not, I'm not going to, I'll end with this uh, and then I'll let you put yourself over. Uh, one of your favorite matches, I just heard you on a podcast. I want to say it, the Desert Island podcast. Apologies to the name of the show that does that, but that's where I heard it. Uh, Desert Desert Island Graps with Tom Campbell from Cultaholic. Cultaholic, yeah, he's that's great. That's what it was. I wanted to say what culture, but I knew it wasn't what culture. It was Cultaholic. Yep. Um, one of your favorite matches, I think it was your second favorite match, uh, was Sammy Uso and uh, Shinsuke, Na- <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura at NXT, the Fight Forever match, as I call it. One of my favorite matches as well. Uh, what about that match specifically makes it so great? Oh, man. Uh, if you watch it back... You know, I called that match with Corey Graves. We maybe spoke for... 40% of that match because the crowd was just going nuts. Yeah. They're singing. They were chanting different things. They were loud. Um, there were just so many things where you don't have to say a word. You know, it's like anything in sports when there's a great moment, you know, like Bryce Harper's hit this gigantic home run a few games ago in the world series and citizens bank park erupted. If you're the play-by-play guy, color commentator, you don't need to say anything because that's the story. That's the environment. That's what's drawing in the viewer at home of like, look at this spectacle. So we were seeing a spectacle and we also knew the the gravity of it and that we knew Sami Zayn was leaving NXT and was going to the main roster. And then Shinsuke Nakamura, 
you know, obviously people had heard of him, knew what he was from Japan, but for him to get introduced in that respect to the WWE fans, especially in NXT, they'd never even seen him in right. an NXT ring before. It was literally the first time those two had ever touched. Uh, it, it was just magic, and those two put on a hell of a match. The anticipation, the hype was through the roof, and they delivered. So um, I, I get goosebumps just thinking yeah. about it. I, I can't even tell you one word that I might have said on that show. Uh, I just know that it was a blast, and, and Corey Graves has always been a, a fabulous partner to me, so I, I loved calling anything with him. Um, yeah, and I, and I don't think anything was needed to be said in, in that match. I think it was the perfect... The perfect announcing, the little keep it simple, stupid. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's like when you're watching a movie and somebody's talking in the theater. It's right. like, shut up! <laughs> I'm watching the movie. That's why I don't go to the movies with my wife. Good lord. There's that. Yeah, and if somebody's talking in your house while you're trying to watch a movie that oh, you ordered online God, or something like right? that, then it's like, dude, just shut up! I'm she, trying to watch this. She'll ask a question, and I'm like, just shut up! It'll be answered in the next five friggin' minutes. Just wait a minute. Yeah, I have friends who'll do that, and oh. I'm just I'll I'll make a point to pause the movie right. and be like i'm <laughs> watching this for the first time too and then it's yeah. the people who are like oh i missed something can we rewind i'm uh, like oh my god and then um and, and now we live in an age where you know yeah. people put on subtitles for films that don't even have like somebody that's you know not american or whatever it's yeah. like oh i need subtitles for this i'm like are you are you kidding yeah. like it's just just watch the movie. I don't know. It drives I, me nuts. I coach girls softball and we all, they, they're big into Stranger Things. So we all binge watched mm. the most recent season. Okay. We're all over here. One of my players, my first baseman's like, we got to put closed captioning on. And I'm like, why? It's, it's in English. They're like, nope. I watch it with closed captioning. Um, I couldn't understand why. Although it did enhance my viewing. I will, I will say that. A lot of, it, it, it depends on what you're watching. I guess, yeah, it yeah. depends. I, like when I watched Peaky Blinders for a while, I had to. Uh, and then I think in the process of when that was like, I think they just wrapped up their last season. But like when it first came on the air, I had just kind of started working NXT UK. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with Noam Dar, yeah. Wolfgang, the Coffee Brothers. Um, I've met Grado before. So like these thick accents that are like scottish accents and then even working with some of the guys who were just british or even the welsh guys like i'm hearing a lot of accents and it just took a minute to get used to it so then like i'm watching peaky blinders and at first i had the subtitles on and after a while i'm like oh no now i have an ear for this so i really enjoy watching it because i'm like oh i can actually tell what the hell arthur's saying you know (laughs) oh man oh interception by philly nice there you go they got the ball at the took it back to the 15. Uh, there, there's so much. I want to talk about voiceover stuff. I want to talk about uh, psychology in the ring and some other stuff. Go for it. No, no, it's all right. I like to leave things on the table, Mr. Hannafin. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was my nice segue. Um, plus, we got a lot of Philly stuff on. I can't do this to you. Your team's in a World Series. <laughs> if my Red Sox well, were you, the- you invited me. I'm, I'm, I'm your guest. A, that's so a great I, I'm, point. I'll be here as long as you need me. <laughs> that's nice to hear. Um, but what we do at the end of uh, end of every show and every spot here is I'm going to give you you the mic. Your links have been going off in the chat all night. Um, but fantastic, for those, yeah. For those listening at home, we're going to push this out to YouTube as well. I'm going to give you the mic now, and uh, you can say anything you want. You can put over anything you want. You can bury anyone you want. I don't care. 
Uh, I won't interrupt. The floor is yours. Um, gosh. Tough, right? Oh, God. I definitely not going to bury anybody. Uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say that I thought about this very much in advance, but um, to anybody that I've ever shared a broadcast with, uh, whether that's behind the scenes, on the air, whatever, thank you, because I don't get here to this point without you. Um, and I have immense respect for anybody that sits at a desk and tries to call a pro wrestling show. It's insanely difficult. And I am so glad that I went down this crazy path, you know, 10 years ago. And uh, I'm especially very, very grateful to Impact Wrestling for, for giving me the opportunity that I have now to be the voice of Impact Wrestling. Uh, is really uh, is really spectacular for me to call Impact home. Uh, it just feels so so good. So uh, I know this is a lot of stuff that might not be really juicy or anything yeah. for anybody out there that just wants to bury me. But I'm like, yeah, I'm just genuinely very happy and very grateful. And uh, I, I miss uh, my friends uh, from from WWE, and I'll text them every once in a while and hope everybody's being safe and, and traveling safe. I know there's some uh, concerns in Saudi Arabia that I've seen on yeah. the news. Uh, just so I hope everybody's being safe, and uh, yeah, well, we like I said, like we all kind of cross paths one point or another. It's a small world and a big world, but uh, you know, I don't know. It's just been a wild ride for the last decade, man, and just kind of getting started. Uh, I guess I, I get. Oh, there's one of my daughters down here. I guess I lied. I do have one more thing to say. Uh, Go for it. Listening to you here tonight. Oh, by the way, the Eagles just scored. They're up twenty-one fourteen. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> by the way, uh, uh, the guy they got from the Titans. Uh, Brown. Oh, AJ Brown. Brown. Oh, see, I I love that because one of our editors and producers from Impact is a huge Titans fan. I think he like works for the Titans a little bit. So I texted him when AJ Brown got traded to the Eagles. I was like, ah, thanks so much. So uh, he uh, he does not like that we got AJ Brown. Yeah, me either. I'm a Titans fan, which is odd because I'm on Boston and everything else. But I'm a Titans fan. Oh, wait. So how did that happen? Older brother was a Houston Oilers fan. We were Warren Moon fans, and we just kind of stuck with them. So it's odd. Yeah, people Moon give me the this truth, man. people give me the same response every time I tell them, how did that happen? Well, the Patriots were bad for yeah. a really yeah. long time, so yeah. I get not jumping on the yeah. bandwagon. Yeah. Um so okay, so listening to a ton of podcasts and then preparing for the show, talking to you here tonight, um you, you live by the motto that you can do anything and it's not a it's not a cocky saying. Uh you you believe it, you believe in yourself. Uh I I get a vibe that you do also have a chip on your shoulder. And I think you said it a little bit. You always wanted to be the main guy and now you're at doing it at impact. Maybe you ha- still have that chip on your shoulder. Uh, and you're all, you're out to prove something to, to someone. Who is that someone? Like, who are you proving this to, to yourself? Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, you know, you can, any walk of life, you can lose sleep over what other people think of you. And you can lose sleep over what your boss thinks of you or the person who signs your paychecks or makes decisions on that. And there's only so much you can control in life and personally and professionally. And, and the biggest thing that I've tried to you know, communicate is that I, I believe in myself. I, I know that in the world of broadcasting, whether it's wrestling or sports, that I can do anything. I'm grateful for every opportunity that I get to, to go out there and prove that. But yeah, I do operate with a chip on my shoulder. Obviously, you know, my path with WWE got cut short and uh, I'm thrilled to be doing what I'm doing at Impact Wrestling. 
and I'm going to continue doing that. Um, so I'm really, really happy with everything that's going on. But yeah, I absolutely operate with a chip on my shoulder and I absolutely am out to prove things to myself that I can be better than the last time out. Um, and it's, it's kind of like operating with horse blinders on. I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about my partner. I'm worried about my broadcast team and that we do the best job we possibly can. And then also helping impact, execute, and put out something phenomenal, which they do every single week. They put out a really good wrestling show. So uh, I'm just, yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I definitely have a chip on my shoulder, but um, I, I just can't get hung up worrying about what other people think of me. Spectacular. Well, Mr. Hannafin, I'll let you go. I'll let you enjoy this Eagles game. Uh, your Phillies are still down 2-1, to one, top of the six. There's still time, though. Okay. Got a little time. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah. Go Phillies. Go Eagles. It's a great time to be a Philly sports fan, so thank you for having yeah. me on. I Good luck to it. Penn State this weekend, too, in Indiana. Thank you. We're going to need it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have yourself a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Peace. Whew. Lila could have talked to that guy. <laughs>